welcome to the Present in the Pain podcast, a weekly show that looks at the experience of pregnancy and child loss through the lens of the Catholic faith. I'm your host, Eileen Tully. This is the Present in the Pain podcast, and I'm Eileen Tully, and I'm joined once again by my husband, Patrick, and today we're going to talk about the fifth sorrow of St. Joseph. We're in the middle of a series on the seven sorrows of St. Joseph, and we are um, talking about them in hopes that it will help grieving fathers to just find St. Joseph to be an example to them in their experience of loss and suffering. And so, um, what are we going to talk about today? The fifth sorrow of St. Joseph is Joseph flees with his family to Egypt, a desperate choice. And I think um, we're we're struck with a recurring theme, uh, and that is the amazing faith and resiliency, I would say, of St. Joseph uh, in in the face of yet another um, extreme circumstance. And and, uh, here, you know, the the story is probably familiar, but... uh, Joseph again gets a dream, um, a, a very powerful dream, uh, where an angel tells him that he needs to go. And and so, just for full context, I'll read this uh, brief uh, passage from uh, Matthew chapter two, verses thirteen through fifteen. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, "Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him." Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod, that what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. So, again, you know, without context, without uh, planning, without preparation, um, you know, the newborn Christ child is still an infant. Uh, and, and here Joseph called upon to, uh, flee for his life or, or, you know, flee, flee, flee to save the life of his child, literally. Mm. Um, and you know, we could put it in the context that he certainly had ample reason to put his faith and trust in the Lord. Um, and I would imagine that that gets more powerful over time. Like, like the more extreme we can abandon ourselves in faith to the will of God, the more confident we become in doing that. Yeah. One of the things that I share with women in my groups is that um, when St. James says the testing of our faith develops perseverance and um, you know, I I think that if I were writing the story of the Holy Family and I were the one to be like, okay, here's, you know, here's what your life is going to be like with my son, as God does, um, just from my, our limited understanding, it would be like, to us, it might make sense to be like, well, you know, he's going to die in the end, it's going to be terrible suffering, so like, Let's make your life a little more comfortable <laughs> at the beginning, right? So that everything is a little easier and you won't have to suffer for like the whole time. It will just be like at the end when everything's really bad, right? So what, you know, what I think 
is just interesting is just that God does not do things that way. And he doesn't do that for us. He didn't do that for the Israelites in the desert. Like he doesn't do it for the Holy Family. And that's why St. James is telling us to consider it all joy when we face trials of any kind, because this testing of our faith is like a muscle, right? That we have to look at different situations as strengthening our faith. And surely, like for Joseph, this would have been like, okay, here we go. Like, here's here's what I have to do. Absolutely. And I think that's the, the overarching theme that I'm struck with. Um, we're doing a, a consecration to St. Joseph um, by Father Don Calloway, which is beautiful and wonderful uh, in and of itself. But I think, you know, the, the picture that, that is being drawn in my mind of St. Joseph is uh, the, the silent, resilient, stoic, uh, you know, strength of faith that was St. Joseph. Yeah. And, and uh, we just see that in a very recurring way. So, um, Deacon Kandra, uh, again, in this current meditation that we're working on, uh, and for reference, Befriending St. Joseph uh, by Deacon Greg Kandra is is uh, the seven sorrows of St. Joseph. But, you know, the, the next uh, point he makes in this fifth sorrow is um, what a priest had sent, said to him, uh, can you imagine what you ever, or excuse me, would you ever make a decision like that based on a dream? So, you know, again, I, I would think in, in the modern day for, for all of us, like acting on a dream is going to sound pretty crazy. And uh, I, You I, meant like a priest said that to Deacon Greg. Sorry. Yes. I was uh, quoting again from the book, but a, a priest had said that to Deacon Kandra, um in the context of trying to reflect on what St. Joseph did based on the dream, you know? Um, but Deacon Kander goes on to say, uh, in, in thinking through things from St. Joseph's perspective, his family and perhaps more so Mary's family would think he was irresponsible or worse, an unfit husband and father. You don't just pick up and leave like that. Do you? Well, sometimes you have to, uh, and then he goes on to say, he had an unwavering faith founded on one simple truth. He was only the carpenter. Someone else was drawing up the plans. Mm. And I, you know, again, um, that's a, a very nice literary way of, of putting it. But like, he's just walking faith, you know, walking the walk of faith um, and really doing it in an extreme way, which I think is ultimately what God's calling all of us to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think, um, you know, we might look at that and think, well, it said in there, like, what would would Mary's family think? What would his family think? And what would other people say? You know, that can be our temptation to sort of just wonder what other people are going to say about how we're handling something. But um, you know, Joseph, (laughs) Joseph's strength was was in his um, surrender, right? His strength was just in his surrender to allow God to be the one to lead him. And so, you know, when you're when this priest mentioned this to Deacon Kandra, who is the author of the book that we're using for our to read through the reflections, um, 
you know, this wasn't Joseph's first dream, was it? So he he had already, you know, one of the things that it's helpful to do when we're faced with sort of this crisis of faith where it's like, I don't know what what to do here or I don't, or I just have to trust God but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel secure like the bible says trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings and proverbs says proverbs 3 5 um but really like I just think about when I think about that I think about like my understandings as being kind of like this rickety chair that you know you can't really sit down your whole weight in, like in the antique shop. And so, <laughs> so you sort of are like really, um, your your weight is really on your feet or you're like your quads, right? As you're almost really just doing a squat over this chair and someone has invited you to sit in and you're like, I know I can't sit in this chair. Um, but what God really wants from us is that just that full lean, like, I got you. It's like one of those trust exercises, right? Like, I'm going to catch you. I've got you. It might not look like it from the outside, but like our understanding is so limited. And really what's helpful in those times is to think back, as I'm sure Joseph did, and recount what do we already know about God? Like, what has he already told us about himself and so when we have this like call for this deep trust, this like just lean on me, like here we go, we're going into the wilderness, we're going into Egypt, like we have no idea what's going to happen next. It it really is like he, he would have had to think like, okay, this wasn't just my first angel speaking to me in a dream. And I just saw Simeon prophesy that the Holy Spirit told him he wasn't going to die until he saw the Messiah, like that was the last sorrow. And Jesus was born, and then like these wise men showed up and said they followed a star, and these shepherds came and said there were angels. And so really, you know, like when we come to a crisis of faith, it's really helpful to either look back at the scriptures, which is why it's really so helpful to be like reading the Word of God every day, because He is just telling us about Himself and telling us why we can trust him, like what are the truthful things that he has already said about himself to us. And Joseph, as a Hebrew, would have known these things in the Old Testament that are like, I know the plans I have for you. Like, I've it doesn't look like you're going to win, but, you know, like think about the Egyptians chasing after the Israelites, but like, okay, the Red Sea parted, right? Like, so God's just like, I got this. It might not look like it, but I got you. Like, I'm holding you. Right, and you know, even as we're going through this, I'm I'm still um, putting myself back um, in the moment the night that our daughter died, and I can appreciate still that that those of you suffering the loss of a child, uh, especially the fathers among you, are, are kind of struggling to to uh, resonate with this message, and that is one of extreme faith. Mm. But but. Even in spite of Saint Joseph, who uh, had you know so many real and profound uh, manifestations of uh, God's plan in his life, to the extent that he could more confidently uh, put his faith and trust in God and in His plan, I would challenge you to think about the the signs, the the uh, references. 
the feeling or maybe even just the call that you've sensed in your own journey and even in the midst of your sorrow and suffering at the loss of a child, you know that's not the end of the story. Mm. You, you know that there's more to it. And you know, I, I would bet, because uh, it certainly was true for me, um, that even in the midst of it, uh, you knew that there was some good that could come out of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right, because we know how God operates. I mean, in Romans it says, like, he who would not spare his own son, his own son, like, how much more will he freely give us good things, you know? And so we know that God God has suffered with us, both, you know, like, as, as Jesus in the physical suffering, but also as a father watching his son go through that, right? He has he has gone before us in the experience of suffering. And and unlike other faiths that have these gods that are just high above, you know, like they worship these gods who are just so distant from them, God has just time and time again just reached out to us to have relationship with us and shown us that he is not above entering into our pain and suffering to create that relationship and to draw us to himself and to show us how much he loves us. Amen. So um, just, you know, getting back to this uh, fifth meditation on uh, the sorrows of Joseph, uh, just one final passage that I thought was worth sharing. Um, One of the beautiful messages of the flight to Egypt is that the Holy Family walking on that long journey, still walks with all of us. They accompany anyone who seeks security, safety, dignity, protection, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. And their great strength, Joseph's guiding force, was trust in God. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that it's just so good because it is just that grief can feel like a wilderness, right? It can feel like that, this journey that we don't know, we don't have a guide on it. Like we don't, we feel like we're just wandering in the wilderness a bit as we're trying to navigate this new experience and how much it affects us. And we don't even sometimes recognize ourselves in the pain of it. And, you know, as you think about some other people who are wandering around, between Egypt and a chosen land in the desert. And, you know, even though God was there with them as the the flame, like the pillar of fire and then the, the smoke and guided them and, and split the Red Sea and all those stories that we know and provided them with manna and water in the desert, even then, like they still just, their temptation and our temptation is, to, you know, grumble or to just be like, is God with us or not? Like we are, this is hard, like what is going on? And so it can be just a temptation to, it's human nature to look at what's hard about it. And, you know, this this sort of sorrow just makes me think about when, um, when we first received that diagnosis. And I feel like 
we had learned from our, an ultrasound that um, our twins were dying and we needed to have a surgery right away. And it was sort of like a scramble, like, okay, go. Like, you know, and I think about the doctor was like, I need you to get to the children's hospital and or the, yeah, it was like children's hospital, Philadelphia, where they did these surgeries. And he's like, I'm going to call the doctor. I'm going to try to get you in there for an evaluation as quick as possible. And we're like, uh, 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 like we just got, we just got this diagnosis and we're still trying to process that. And, and we have three little boys at home and we're like, what, what? But like, we, we knew we, we were going to do whatever it took to save our babies, right? And so I just think the Holy Family, I just, you know, when I put myself in their place, I think about that time in our lives where we learned something terrible was going to happen, you know, or could happen, and we needed to, like, spring into action and kind of, like, just hope that everything would work out and fall into place, right? And so... um. I I just imagine them sort of scrambling, but just being like, okay, like we we're gonna do whatever it takes. It doesn't. They didn't even think of like their own physical comfort or like what food are we gonna eat or anything like that. Like they just knew if someone's gonna kill Jesus, it's our job to protect him. Go. And so I I feel like if there are any of you that maybe had that experience of like a child that was sick or needed, you know, you you got this experience of. You have to. We have to do things to try to help them, and you you know that you just drop everything and go into action to save your child. And it's never in vain to do that, right? Even though our children didn't live, like it wasn't in vain that we worked hard to keep them safe. And so, um, you know, the Holy Family is just such a good example for us of like they just did it. They just trusted that God had a plan that this was part of it and they need to go. Okay, here we go. Amen. And, and, um, really just a, a prayer at the end of the, uh, meditation on the fifth sorrow, uh, Deacon Kendra writes, Kendra writes, uh, help me in moments of weaknesses and doubt in times of uncertainty and fear to find the courage to live with faith, trusting God to guide my way. Mm. Lean in brothers. God bless you. Yeah. Yeah. This is, you know, these, these sorrows are just so, they can be so relatable. And uh, I remember our priest one time was talking about, it was the Feast of the Holy Family. And he used the example, um, Father Bransich, of saying that, um, you know, just like in in your elementary school, when they had like those cursive handwriting sheets up at the top of the wall for you to look at and to form your letters, he was like, no one can form their letters that perfectly, right? So, you know, but that doesn't mean that that's not the example that we're striving for. And so, you know, that those letters serve as a guide for us. And it doesn't mean that like, if you don't succeed at getting them just perfectly like that, you're you're a failure. It just means that that's the goal, right? That's supposed to look like this, and that's like those perfect cursive letters, right? But in a like manner, the Holy Family is the example that we're striving for of just, you know, we're not going to be perfectly reliant on God or per- have perfect faith and virtue and everything like Mary and Joseph did. We're we're human, and I mean they were human too. But we're human, and 
we may maybe don't have all the graces that they were given for this particular task, but nonetheless, they are still the example that we're striving to emulate. And so looking to St. Joseph for this, this like digging deep kind of courage that he had in, in this and the faith that it takes to just trust that God is with us and has a plan and knows what he's doing. That is just such a good example for us to follow. Amen. Such a good analogy. Yeah. Never get those cursive handwriting (laughs) letters perfect, but they are the goal. Okay, friends, um, if this podcast has been helpful to you or this series, would you consider liking and subscribing inside your podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts? This will help other families and other women and fathers to find the podcast and to have it as a resource for their own healing. And um, meanwhile, we'll be back next week with episode six in our series. We only have two more left. And so um, we'll be finishing up the series probably the first week in May. Uh, Until then, I'm Eileen. And this is Patrick. (laughs) And we're so thankful you're here. God bless. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please consider hitting subscribe and leaving a review so that other people are better able to find it. Also, if you're interested in becoming a supporter of the show in any amount, it would be helpful for maintaining the podcast hosting and production costs. Thanks for prayerfully considering that.